Okay, hey, hi folks. This is Dan Kraft of Stirred Not Shaken Ministry. Um, this is my first ever attempt at making a message, so you're going to have to bear with me a little. Um, it's about Blind Bartimaeus and you. The title is Blind Bart Gets His Sight. Uh, we're going to start off by going to Mark chapter 10 and uh, reading verses 46 through 52 as a backdrop for this message. <clears throat> so, as he, talking about Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the, the roadside, or the highway side, begging. Um, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more, a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, this is blind Bart, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, and followed Jesus in the way. Okay, let's look a little closer at this encounter. Um, and they came to Jericho, and as he was uh, he was coming out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Okay, so here's this guy sitting by the dusty roadside begging. He knew he was blind. It was an obvious, hard-to-ignore physical ailment. And here comes Jesus with his followers. And how did blind Bart react? When he heard in the next verse, 47, we heard that Jesus it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, wait a minute. He didn't say, oh, whatever, all religious leaders are crooked. He was in need of healing and he knew it very well. He also recognized Jesus for who he was and cried out to him for mercy. Bart didn't care if he looked the fool calling out to Jesus. His heart was right. He cared more for the attention of Christ than the fear of man. How about you, my unsaved friend? In a spiritual sense, if you have not received Christ personally, you are spiritually blind, blind and dead in your sins. John 1.12 tells us that as many as received him, Jesus, to them gave he power or the privilege to become the sons of God. It is not an automatic enrollment. The Bible tells us over and over about our state, and that is, it is in sin. Romans 3.10 and 3.23 tell us, and I, and I ask you to look these up, you know, if you don't believe, please, don't look them up. Open your Bibles, dust it off, check this out. This stuff is directly, it's there for us. It's truth. Romans 3.10 and 3.23 tell us that we are all sinners and none are righteous, not one. Every single person ever born on this planet, except Christ himself, has fallen short. 
Um, James 2.10 tells us, it's the book of James in the New Testament, tells us that you can keep the entire law, and yet if you offend it in one point, one time, you are guilty of the whole law. So, nobody is good enough. And, and that's the prevailing deception going on in the, uh, in the world today, especially America. Oh, I'm good. I'm a good person. Nobody is good enough. And according to the Word of God, you cannot outweigh bad deeds with good. Remember, to offend it in one place at any time in your life, then you are guilty of breaking the whole law. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Ever? Ever stolen anything? Lied? Ever? No such thing as white lies. It either is a lie or it isn't. How about this, guys? Ever looking at someone other than your, your wife with lust in your heart? According to Jesus, you've committed adultery. Yeah, that's sin. That's a whole lot of sin going on, isn't it? Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of or the payment for sin is death. And for you, that means eternal death, which is separation from Christ in a very uncomfortable place called the lake of fire. Mm, excuse me. Jesus said that those who end up there will eternally gnash their teeth or grind them down because of the pain. Stick your hand over a flame for a few seconds. Now imagine being totally engulfed in such without being able to escape from it. Ever. Even the escape of death is impossible once there. Um, let me relate to you the story that Jesus, uh, not a story, the account. This is a true story uh, of a rich man and uh, a beggar named Lazarus. There was a certain rich man, this is Jesus talking, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. <sighs> Not a pretty picture. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he, the rich man that is, lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Um, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Uh, as an aside, and I don't want to get into this this time, but the paradise side is now empty, because Jesus took them, that were captive there to heaven with him. Uh, that was up until the time of Jesus. There was a paradise side, and then there was a torment side of hell. Okay, so to continue on. Yeah, he says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in, in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, 
neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, father, Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Whew. Kind of scary, but it's true, because it's Jesus. Um, those who don't have a problem acknowledging they are a sinner better go into eternity with their eyes wide open. It's not going to be a party for the unsaved. We just read the account that Jesus told. Again, is Jesus a liar? Uh, no card games, no drinking alcohol, in fact, no drinking at all. Just continually unrelenting thirst and pain forever. It's the reward for ignoring Christ. It's a self-made choice. Uh, here's some examples. Jesus talking once again. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, it's Matthew 25, 41. Uh, Mark 9, 43-48 says, To go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm, that's their soul, dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. If thy foot offend thee, cut it off, for it is better for thee to halt to enter and halt into life than having two feet and to be cast into hell, into the fire that never sh shall be quenched, where their worm, or their soul, dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it off, for it's better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now, you got to think, uh, why is Jesus repeating himself here? Why is he saying the same? If he says something once, it's, it's pretty darn important. If he repeats himself, I think we should take note here. It's for a reason. Um, and that reason is that hell is a real place, and it's not going to be fun. And he doesn't want us going there. Uh, Matthew 13, 41-42 says, And them which do iniquity shall shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth, that means they grind their teeth down eternally. You know, uh, just some place you don't want to be. But you better think about it. You counter with, well, I go to church. I believe in God. Do you really? Does church attendance save you? I submit that you, if you haven't heard the gospel of salvation in your church, then your church is dead. I don't mean to offend, but you know what? I don't know how long I have, and I will not lie to anyone about this. It is too important. Get mad at me. That's fine. Get mad at me, but go to your Bible and read it. Come on. We don't have forever here in this life. And Jesus said some pretty important thing. The Bible speaks of salvation. It's pretty important. Um, Ephesians uh, 
Ephesians 2.8.9 says this. For by grace, that's unmerited. Okay. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let me read that again. It's talking about how you're saved. For by grace are you saved. That's unmerited favor. Through faith. That's our belief in him and what he has done for us. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of our goodness, lest any man should boast. You, okay. You believe in God? Great. Well, so do the demons. Having a mental acknowledgement of, uh, of God is not an... Uh, guarantee of anything. Yet people commonly, I mean, oh, I believe in God. Oh, yeah, do you? To biblically believe in God is more than mental belief. Um, James 2.19 says this, Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble, but it doesn't save them, you see? That mental belief doesn't save them. That mental acknowledgement, that doesn't save them. And it, there's eternal consequences for this. Um, you're not saved by intellectual recognition. They weren't. Neither are you. So you say, okay, I admit I'm a sinner. And in God's sight, I'm a sinner in God's sight. And my mental acknowledge of him doesn't mean a hill of beans. What should I do then? Well, glad you asked that, my friend. Recognize you are in a lost condition spiritually blind and on your way to a godless eternity hey harsh yeah but truth it's truth i you know what i really hesitate in telling people this but i can't hold it back anymore we we can't like i can't oh everything's fine everything's fine and i see one after another person dying around me uh i'm getting older and it's uh i can't i can't remain silent on this any longer um 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verses 2-4 through four say, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded, blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Hmm. A godless eternity with a whole lot of folk. Uh, Jesus said, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that which go in thereat. And consequently, and contrary to public opinion, Jesus went on to say, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. That's Matthew seven thirteen through 14 so I submit to you, please, don't go with the herd. Don't go with the herd when it comes down to eternity. Examine this yourself. Seek the Lord. Open a Bible. I'm not asking you to join anything. I'm asking you to get alone and be honest with God if you value your eternal soul at all. Um, that was Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Uh, that straight gate is Jesus. And it's His way. 
in John 14, 6, he says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you got to ask yourself, is there just one way? Or was Jesus lying? Come on, be honest. Is that so hard to understand? Is that something that you think you can interpret 15 different ways? You're lying to yourself if you think that. Hopefully you've come to the place where you recognize that there is only one way, and that way is Jesus. Your church affiliation, your attendance, your good works, goodness, standing in society, or your personal belief system will not not only not save you, but aid in you going to hell because you've convinced yourself it must be true and it must be so. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 16.25, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Please check out the Bible for yourself, whether I'm telling you the truth or not. I beg you, only God has the words of life and can show us the way of salvation. Don't put this off. You may think you have lots of time to deal with eternity, but I'm telling you, you may not. If you are young, you're going to blink your eyes and, you know, 30 years are going to be gone by. And you will be wondering, how time flew? How did I get this old? Our bodies don't last forever in this condition. Come on, that should be self-evident. And yet people just willfully put their head in the sand in regards to eternity. You know, it's like we're like blades of grass. We're only here for a season. You know, it's, uh, we're not going to, you know, these bodies don't carry us for eternity. Look around, come on. I'm 54 years old and worked for over three decades in, this, in the state of Pennsylvania in a mental health facility, a state institution. You know, hundreds of stories I, you know, that I could tell, but I'm not at liberty to. But this one thing I will share, many of my co-workers are gone. They died. On a typical unit, you would have four to seven staff members working each daylight shift. I can look back and see myself working with entire crews that are now gone. We were not allowed to, you know, we weren't allowed to discuss religion or politics for that matter. So, um... One wonders just how well some hid their Christianity. Uh, I must admit, I, I was, for the most part, a backslidden believer. And that's a precarious position to be in. I wasted so many years. Um, as an aside, politics were, were only a forbidden subject if you were a conservative. Uh, there were many outspoken liberals who pontificated their ideas and opinions daily, loudly, without ever being reprimanded. Uh, for once I one time, after listening to uh, uh, a couple of my co-workers uh, for two hours talk about their pro-choice position and, and their dis it was just dis sorry, I found it disgusting. I, I, it took me two sentences, two. I remember this vividly from me in rebuttal, and I was immediately hauled down to the office. You see, in the state system, some are more equal than others. But that's been aside. Um, it's just, you know, how, the, how well the devil has the, this world system in control. In regards to mortality, I've seen so many of my former co-workers pass on that I cannot remain silent or give a shallow, uncertain reason for my personal biblical hope of salvation. And by the way, biblical hope was not some uncertain, well, maybe it will happen kind of thing. 
Biblical hope is a certainty to be waited for. You uncomfortable yet? You upset with me yet? So you realize you're a sinner with no hope of heaven, that mental belief won't save you, church attendance or affiliation has nothing to do with gaining eternity, that you are getting older, you're going to die, and eternal hellfire awaits. Totally depressed? Hopefully you didn't turn this off yet and throw it into the garbage can. Did I paint a gloomy enough picture? You know, I hope, I certainly hope so because I am your friend and I will tell you the truth. I earnestly desire to stir you up so that you will both examine yourself and consider what I am saying. It, it, get, it gets better, precious souls. It gets better. Let's get back to the story of Blind Bart. In verse 48, he says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. So here's Blind Bart, not listening to the politically correct folk who wanted him to just shut up. He cries out to Jesus all the more. Oh, the shame of it all. What a spectacle he was making of himself. No self-respecting person would carry on so, right? That's exactly what the devil would have you thinking. Self-respect. If Bart listened to them, he would have remained blind. But Bart's heart was focused on meeting Jesus, despite any what anyone would say. How about you? Is your honesty going to drive you past your fear of, quote-unquote, becoming belittled by the politically correct comfy crowd? Call on Jesus. Ask Him to help reveal these matters to you. I... Oh, as you read your Bible and seek Him in the privacy of your own home, I promise you that if you are sincere, if your heart is right, He will hear and answer. He will lead and guide you. Mark 10.49 says, And Jesus stood still. And remember, He's with a bunch of people. Yeah. You, can believe, you can imagine everybody talking, and you can you barely hear this guy, and people close to Him saying, Hey man, shut up. You know, Off to the side of the crowd. But Jesus all of a sudden abruptly stops. He goes, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise. He calleth thee. <laughs> Jesus heard blind Bart. You know what? He always hear the, hears the cry of one with a repentant heart. Whether you are driven to realization of being in need of God by the futility of trying to be, quote-unquote, good enough by following the law, or, you know, from your, you know, you can't make it on your own that way. Or if your lifestyle, if you're a sinner and you know you're a sinner and you're destined for hell, you know, you, you, whether it's drugs or whatever, uh, you know, if you're honest and you come to the Lord and you're, man, I, you, you realize, hey, I'm a despicable person. Cry out to Jesus. No man can help you. You know, it got to be Jesus. Cry out to Jesus, and I'm telling you, like those that approached Blind Bart, that you can be of good cheer. He calleth you. Fact is, he's been calling you your entire life. You haven't been to the point of crying out to him, so you haven't heard him. He is there waiting, and he's waiting for you. Verse 50 says, And he, this is Blind Bart, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Bart this was probably his one and only worldly possession. Yet in his desire to be unencumbered and focus on Jesus, he cast it away. He wouldn't let his material stuff get in his way. 
just as any of us shouldn't today. Shouldn't let that get in the way. This ain't going to be a seeker-friendly or emergent message. You want to follow Christ after recognizing your sinful state? You had better count the cost. You can't have your heart holding on to worldly possessions and pleasures. Christ demands lordship. You can't give him half your heart. Oh yes, the benefits are oh so sweet. But you better believe he will not force himself into a door of a heart that has only cracked open a sliver. Throw that door open, folks, and accept him. In Revelation 3.20, he says, this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Did you hear that? I will come in to him. You know, having money and possessions is not evil. It's the grip of that those possessions and money that they have on the heart. That's what's evil. First uh, Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred, erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's the love of money. It's not money. It's not being rich isn't evil. Having possessions isn't evil. It's the love of those things. Um, having a job that doesn't that, that pays well isn't evil. In fact, everyone should thank God for the jobs they have. But for those who try to spiritualize the fact that they aren't working, I want you to consider. First uh, Timothy five eight says, "If any provide any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, house he hath denied the face." Goodness gracious. He hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Um, let me read that again. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I think in the in the in the Bible infidels used twice, and this is one of them. It's not a good uh, you know, it's worse than a sinner. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you. This is 2 Thessalonians 3.10, that if any would not work, huh, neither should he eat. So the Bible doesn't, uh, uh, as some, and some whole churches, uh, try to turn you into uh, victims and, and, and that, you know, you just live off the government and that's what they're there for. Ha -ha. Biblically, you had better be working. And it's not like uh, you wait for the perfect job to come around. If you have a family, you better be you better be providing for that family. Um, so anyway, don't spiritualize laziness. But anyway, back to this. So Blind Bart didn't allow his possessions to hinder him. He went straight to Jesus. You know what? So should you. And don't go to another man. Don't go to any organization or club or whatever it is. Straight to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, This is Verse 51 now. What will, what will thou that I should do unto thee? <laughs> the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. A prerequisite to Jesus answering your prayer is humility. Jesus said, what, what would thou that I should do unto thee? Of course Jesus knew he was blind. Everybody knew he was blind. And he greatly desired sight. Yet still, Bart had to A, recognize Jesus as Lord, and B, ask for his sight. This is an example for us all. This is an example for you. 
Do not go to your grave pridefully holding on to your own version of what it means to be right with God. Open your Bibles and make sure what I'm saying is true or not. If you think that I'm just giving one version of the salvation message, hey, prove me wrong. I'm not asking for a penny or for you to join any, any earthly club or group. This is a matter of extreme importance. Your eternity. There isn't anything more important than getting right with God. Nothing. Not politics. Not fashion. Not what's on TV. Not any sporting event. Not the latest Hollywood gossip. Not the color of your skin. Not what your dumb sister or brother is doing. Nothing. Nada. Zip. 5,000 years from now. Do you think that any of these things are going to be important? Think about it. Think about that, my friend. Psalm 86.5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. doesn't matter um, how much you've sinned. It doesn't. You can't say, well, hey, I'm just, uh, you know, I've just done too much. That's, don't think that's the devil's deceiving you. Call on him now. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. That's what 2 Corinthians 6 2 says. Admit you're a sinner. Ask for forgiveness. Ask Jesus to come into your heart and life and mean it. He will forgive you and give you a new start on life. This is what it means to be born again. You know, it's like a redo button. Can't happen by some religious tradition, by going through the motions of some rite or prepackaged ceremony. Your acceptance and repentance must be real. Your heart must be open to Him. He cannot be Lord of your life if you want to be the Lord of your life also. Christianity isn't a dual service family. It's Jesus only. Come on, look at your life. With yourself being Lord, where has it gotten you? Jesus Christ loves you more than you could know. He died an agonizing death on a cross for you, for your sins. He prayed paid the price so you can have life, eternal life. Isaiah 118 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, this isn't saying, well, uh, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though So you only sinned a little bit, um, you know, they shall be white as snow. No, your sins, it's talking about everybody. And like, we talked about in James, if you offend the law at one point, you're guilty of it all. So, in reality, every person is guilty of the whole law. Oh, don't fall under that deception that you've sinned too much. Jesus loves you, man. Come on. Read the Bible. Open your heart to him. He's waiting there for you. Um, if you truly accept Christ, he will not see you as a sinner, but as one redeemed or purchased by his own blood. You'll be clean before him, saved. Yeah, there's that word, saved, born again. Psalms 103 and verse 12 says, As far as east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Okay, will you mess up or fail? fall again? Will you sin again? Psh, certainly. The devil is relentless. But 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
the big difference in your life will be your desire. Your desires are going to change. You won't want to sin. And when you do, your conscience will hound you about it till you seek the Lord and ask forgiveness about it. Real Christians aren't perfect. You know, they just have a whole new direction in life, following Jesus. That entails reading and learning all about Him in the Bible and then applying that to your life. Finishing up this message, uh, we look at the last verse in the account of uh, Bart, Bartimaeus. Yeah, I have to forgive me for shortening it up the Bart. I have, I, you know, we do that so much in our society now. But okay, so, and Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Blind Bart's faith, his trust, his belief in Jesus' ability to answer his request was rewarded. Blind Bart's heart was right. He cried out to Jesus, So should your heart be. So should your cry be. It has to be honest. It has to be from the heart. Blind Bart didn't allow his worldly possessions to inhibit his coming to Jesus. Don't let your possessions hold you back from acting out on your heart's desire to come to Christ. Blind Bart recognized Jesus as Lord. So should you. Blind Bart demonstrated his humility by asking the Lord to intervene in his life. Drop your pride and ask. Blind Bart's faith in God, his real belief in Jesus as Lord, and that he could answer his, peti his petition was rewarded, just as it will today. Jesus, God doesn't change. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing his mind when he writes... Uh, something that had something written in the Bible, he meant it. Um, John 3.16 says, and you probably heard this one, but I want you to think about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Be one of those whosoevers. Cry out to Jesus. He is waiting with open arms. Blind Bart received his sight. Won't you accept Christ into your heart and life? You'll receive real sight. So my fellow blades of grass, seeing we are only here for a short while, in relation to eternity, what will you do with Jesus? Take him at his word or ignore him and keep following, you know, or your own way. Again, the second Corinthians comes to mind, 4, 3, and 4, saying, But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Bartimaeus, he's no longer, he no longer sat by the roadside begging. He followed Jesus. Won't you do so, my friend? The reward is eternity with Christ. There's no more aches and pains, no more tears, no doctors, no taxes, no heartache. That's eternity. Not right now. You accept Christ, you're still going to have uh, a lot of that. But um, but your heart, you'll have peace. You know, you'll have the peace. Your, your sins are forgiven. You'll have joy knowing that whatever happens, even unto death, that you're going to be with the Lord. And that'll give you real joy. Consequently, ignoring Christ's love. And the way of escape made by him. He went to great lengths. He went to the cross. If you ignore that. 
well, it'll send you to an eternal hell. Remember, Jesus said that in, that in hell, that their warm, their soul, does not die, and the fire is not quenched. It's Mark 9.44. It is your choice to make, heaven or hell. There is no middle ground. Make that, make that choice to cry out to Jesus, my friend. Time is pressing. If you need help or someone to pray with, don't hesitate to call me. 724-746-3533 or better yet, stop in for, the, for this prayer. It can be any time of the day or night. This is Dan Kraft of Stirred Not Shaken Ministries. God bless you and Maranatha.